from KQED. Welcome back to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Proposition 17 would amend the state constitution to allow people on parole for a felony to vote. Right now, both those serving prison time and those on parole are prohibited from casting a ballot. If passed, Prop 17 would restore voting rights to some 40,000 Californians. We get an explainer from our friends at Bay Curious. Here's host Olivia Allen Price talking to KQED politics reporter Guy Marzarotti. Guy, this may seem like a really basic question, but what exactly is parole and how long does it usually last? So parole is a period of supervision for people convicted of a felony. It takes place after they leave state prison. And parole terms typically last a few years, but in some cases they can last for the rest of the parolee's life. Okay. And it seems like in recent decades, the state has generally been moving sort of more in the direction of prisoner rights. And this is you know something that's been playing out you know, for decades. Right. And this has been the case on the national level, that we've seen a lot of recent change and push for enfranchisement for people convicted of felonies, people on parole. For most of California's history, this was really not discussed and debated. If you were convicted of a felony, you were banned from voting for life, even after you're done with your parole. Um, In the 60s and 70s, the state Supreme Court took this up and ultimately said there's not a lot of risk of voter fraud and it's an equal protection violation to deny the right to votes to Californians after they've completed their parole. Then the U.S. Supreme Court stepped in and overruled that. They said, no, voting is not a fundamental right for citizens who are convicted of a felony. And it ultimately took a state proposition, Proposition 10, in November of 1974, to extend the right to vote to Californians who completed their parole term. So now here we are all the way in 2020, and Proposition 17 is trying to take that a step further and give the right to vote for people who are currently on parole. And how do we stack up with other states when it comes to, you know, letting people who have committed felonies vote? California is actually in the middle of the pack on this. Uh, 21 states are in the same boat as us where voting rights are restored after the full term or penalty of a sentence. Um, But 16 states have gone further. They let parolees vote, including Oregon and Nevada. So even though California has been at the vanguard of a lot of criminal justice reform, when it comes to voting rights, it's actually been kind of in the middle of the pack. All right, I want to get into some of the arguments for and against that we're hearing. Who has come out in support of this one? It's largely been Democrats in the state legislature that backed this measure initially. They're the ones who placed it on the ballot with a two-thirds vote. And they've argued really that civic participation is a key part of reintegrating parolees into society. I talked with Democratic Assemblyman Kevin McCarty of Sacramento. He wrote Proposition 17. Parole by definition isn't punishment. Parole, when it was created, if you look up the legal definition of it, it's to help reintegrate formerly incarcerated back to society. That means find housing, uh, find health care, find a job, you know, be a member of your community, which means voting. And what about the opposition on this one? Well, the opposition is really led by Republicans in the state legislature, most of whom voted against even putting this on the ballot. They've argued that parole is really part of the punishment and parolees shouldn't have the right to vote until they've completed that term. They say that California has made a lot of shifts in recent years to move nonviolent offenders to county jails and people on probation who currently have the right to vote. So opponents of Prop 17 say the people still without the right to vote are what they call the worst of the worst. And that's kind of the argument that Republican Senator Jim Nielsen made. 
take a look at the universe we're dealing with. In this particular case, we're dealing with murderers and rapists, not low-level offenders, but of the most serious offenders that we have incarcerated. So it's an issue not of them being able to get able to vote again. They will be able to, but they have to complete their sentence. And their completion of the sentence requires the completion of their parole period. So this is really a question of how you view the role of parole. That's absolutely right. So supporters of Proposition 17 say it should really be focused on the rehabilitation part of it. If you're reintegrating people to society, they're looking for jobs, they're getting education, they're living in our communities and raising families. A natural extension of that is civic participation and the voting process. Opponents of Prop 17 say, no, think of parole and a prison term as a football field. Getting to uh, parole is just 90 yards and you still have to complete your term before you're extended what they call privileges of democracy, something like voting. All right, that was an explainer on Proposition 17 from KQED's Bay Curious Prop Fest series. And you can find more explainers at baycurious.org. Now we want to hear from you, our listeners. Should California allow people on parole for a felony to vote? Tell us what you think at KQED Forum on Twitter or Facebook. You can email us at forum at kqed.org. Or, of course, you can give us a call at 866-733-6786. And joining me now is Guy Marzarati, a reporter and producer with KQED's California Politics and Government Desk. Thanks so much, Guy. Hey, Mina. So I understand in addition to talking with legislators, you also interviewed parolees. What did they tell you about what the impact of Prop 17 could be? Right. Well, actually, you know, the Yes campaign, um, as part of their, their strategy, I think, is putting the voices and the stories of parolees kind of front and center uh, in the campaign, in an effort to kind of express, you know, who would be benefiting from this measure. I talked to one current parolee, Jose Gonzalez. Um, he, because he was convicted uh, in the involvement of a murder, he's actually on parole for life. Um, and so when I talked to him, he really spoke about why the right to vote would be so important for him. He's, you know, uh, uh, left uh, prison, he's um, gotten degrees, he's working, he's raising a family, but he feels like Part of what's missing in the civic engagement piece is that right to vote. Mm, well, let's listen. For me, it's important because now I, f- I have a son and I'm, I'm working and I've graduated and got my college degree and I want to change that. At the very least, that's something that's small. Like the change is small in the sense where I could be talking about voting. I could have, you know, something visual like the sticker on my chest that says I voted to where my son sees it and it changes his narrative or his perspective on what it is to vote. And Guy Marcerati, so you mentioned that uh, that the pro-Prop 17 folks are putting people on parole kind of center to help people understand the impact on their lives. How much support do they have? How much money is being put into this proposition and how much against? Well, we haven't seen any public polling on Prop 17. And so far, it's kind of a low profile uh, campaign in terms of the spending. Certainly, the no side has really had no uh, real funded opposition to this. We've seen some large donations come in on the yes side from individual philanthropists, uh, Susan Pritzker, the ACLU has donated to the Prop 17 campaign. 
it's not going to be one of the more expensive campaigns on the ballot this fall, uh, largely because it doesn't involve the kind of business interest that you just heard about with Proposition 15 uh, as an example. Um, but certainly to this point, uh, the yes campaign is, has outpaced the no side in, in terms of spending. I see. And so interestingly, you're saying that there is no formal sort of organized or funded opposition to this proposition. Right. The, the opposition that we've heard, I mean, because this measure initiated in the state legislature, we did hear a lot of opposition from Republicans uh, in the state legislature. I talked to Senator Jim Nielsen, who uh, is a longtime Republican senator, formerly on the state's uh, parole board. Um, he's you know, on committees dealing with sentencing, and, and he's strongly against this. He feels like the the changes that have been made to California's criminal justice system have whittled down the parole population to people um, convicted of what he would call, you know, more violent, more serious crimes, and that it's not fair to uh, victims and society at large to extend the right to vote to these individuals. I see. Well, let me go to caller Peter in Berkeley. Hi, Peter. Join us. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Um, I have a, a just a question or two for clarification and then a comment. Um, is this just for people after they've gotten out of prison or can they vote from within prison or can you clarify that for me? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Peter. Yeah, this is not for people currently in prison. So this Proposition 17 would extend the right to vote for folks who are on parole. So that's a period of supervision after they've left prison. Um, there's only a couple states, uh, Maine and Vermont, that allow uh, people who are in prison to vote. Basically, they never strip the right to vote um, from anyone for the conviction of a felony. But this measure is looking at the limited universe of people who are on parole in California. There's around 50,000 people uh, on parole. Supporters of this say when you take into account you know, people who are citizens otherwise eligible to vote, this would affect basically around 40,000 Californians. Let me go next to Kevin in Santa Clara. Hi, Kevin. Uh, hello, my name is Kevin. I'm a criminal defense attorney, but I'm... Uh, oh, Ke- I'm sorry, Kevin. I think we're having a little bit of trouble with your line. Do you think you could call us back? Uh, that would be great. Let me go to this listener's tweet. If you're paroled, I think you should be able to vote. If you're out of the physical space of jail, you're probably working again and buying things, which means you're paying taxes. You know, 40,000 people, I I wondered if in the back of of Democrats' minds, since they strongly support this, that part of it is that they see that these people on parole may be more likely to support them. Do you think that that argument is true? I mean, is 40,000 that many people to be able to really turn things in a party's direction? It's not. In in the in the uh, large universe of California's electorate, forty thousand eligible voters. Now we're not talking about you know automatic uh, you know registration or automatically these people are showing up to vote. Um, it's a it's a relatively small population, and it doesn't compare really to what we've seen in other states. Florida, for example, the huge debate over Amendment Four in Florida a couple years ago, um, which would have you know affected more than a million. Um, you know, formerly incarcerated people. That was, you know, some some describe that as the largest expansion of suffrage since granting women the right to vote. This is a, a much smaller population that we're talking about as it relates to Prop 17. But I think it gets into a, a larger argument about fairness and um, how suffrage should be used as a punishment. 
it's kind of varied throughout the state's history and opinions on it have varied. Um, and it wasn't always that, you know, the right to vote or losing the right to vote was so strictly tied to felonies as it is now. Um, and so I think this, it's kind of part of a larger debate on whether suffrage should be used as part of a, a punishment and who bears the brunt of, uh, of statutes that take away the right to vote. Again, we're talking about Proposition 17, which would amend California's constitution to give people on parole the right to vote. We're talking with Guy Marzarati, reporter and producer for KQED's California Politics and Government Desk, and you're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Michael tweets, this sounds reasonable. I assume the right to vote is automatically rescinded. Should the parolee violate parole? That's right. I mean, a violation of parole uh, could, you know, end up re having someone reincarcerated. Um, I'm not sure how this would, you know, you wouldn't be able to vote if you're incarcerated. So therefore, yes, your right to vote would be rescinded. Um, again, I think there's a there's another conversation about awareness of the right to vote for people who have already finished their parole term. A lot of the supporters of this measure that I talked to said that even people who currently have finished their parole terms and are eligible to vote, there's not a lot of awareness uh, around that fact. And you've seen this in Florida as well of, you know, making people aware that they have the right to vote, getting them registered and encouraging them to show up at the polls. Mm. That's a whole nother conversation that would have to happen if this passed. Kevin in Santa Clara, thanks for calling back. Uh, hello. So in 2006, a United Nations Human Rights Committee recommended that prisoners should automatically be reenfranchised upon being released from custody. Um, the fact is, the United States is an, an outlier from an international standpoint. The vast majority of representative democracies authorize parolees to vote. In Europe, the debate in many, some countries is whether or not prisoners should have the right to vote. Hmm. Moreover, in the United States, it seems arbitrary and capricious that it seems to be one of the only countries in the world where the right to vote in a national election isn't decided entirely at the sub-national level. There should be some consistent uniform policy. Uh, 19 states automatically reenfranchise felons on parole, no questions asked. So the, the fact of the matter is, if parolee currently in California votes, they're committing a felony. They're doing something that constitutes a felony that is actually perfectly legal in 19 states, which makes the um, current status quo arbitrary, irrational, and capricious, and it wastes prosecutors' time prosecuting them uh, voting in these circumstances. So um, I think in the basic sense of practical common sense, and in, in the desire to follow international mainstream practices, California should become more internationally minded and vote yes on Proposition 17. Well, Kevin, thanks for that point. Um, and, you know, this listener tweets, what is the disadvantage of going further and allowing people in prison to vote? Allowing those in prison to vote would allow our fellow Americans to make good decisions even after bad decisions. And let's not forget the racism of the criminal justice system. I mean, this is definitely a conversation that we're hearing, Guy Marzarati. Absolutely. And, and while proponents of Prop 17 say, you know, they don't have any current plans to, to extend that to people in prison, I think it's a conversation that hasn't, you know, moved in one static direction throughout the state's history. As recently as the 1960s, California Supreme Court said, why are we stripping the right to vote for people who are convicted of crimes that have nothing to do with voting? I mean, the current universe of felonies goes far beyond voting crimes. Um, and the Supreme Court in the 60s of, of the state Supreme Court said we really should be taking away the right to vote of people who have committed voting crimes, fraud, uh, embezzlement, you know, uh, governmental related crimes. 
that kind of faded away uh, once state voters in, in the 70s approved uh, Proposition 10, which currently outlines the laws around uh, parolee and felon voting. Um, but it's certainly a conversation that, that, that's been happening. And in fact, in some states, including Maryland, there's different laws around specific voter-related crimes. In Maryland, for example, if you are convicted of buying or selling votes, you can on, only get your right to vote back through a, a gubernatorial pardon. So I think that could be a conversation uh, going forward. Why has the uh, you know the voting rights universe really uh, you know been applied upon all the felony statutes rather than just voting specific crimes? Let me see if I can squeeze Sam from Sacramento in. Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. Are you with us? Hi. Sorry, I was on mute. Um, uh, yes. Can you hear me? I can. Go right ahead. Okay, thank you very much. Um, uh, I really thought that um, Kevin's statement was very salient. Um, I also want to say, Guy Maserati, I think you have one of the coolest names. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, th- I think this entire... Well, I really appreciate that we're having this conversation. Um, I think that uh, the entire thing is absurd, though. Um, uh, nobody should be um, stripped of their right to vote. And what we should be talking about is why do they want people to not vote as opposed to um, why we should be talking about reinstating their voting privileges? Mm. Um, uh, if, we're, if we are a democracy, then everybody should be able to vote whether or not they are a parolee or a felon or what have you. If you're a citizen, you should be able to vote, period. Sam, thanks. And, uh, I mean, yeah. I think he, you. you are sort of drawing in this broader conversation about why are we making it harder for people to vote uh, in so many places. Do you think it's related, Guy? Yeah, and I think Sam raises a great point. I mean, when, when the no side talks about uh, the privilege of voting, I think, you know, we largely think of the right to vote. And I think that's what the, the Yes campaign has tried to drive home, that this should be a universal right. Um, you know, I think it also gets into how we're thinking about parole in California. There's, uh, you know, opponents of this say that parole is just simply an extension of your sentence um, and that therefore any you know punishment should be extended to if you're looking at parole more in the rehabilitative sense, if you're you know encouraging people to get educated, get jobs, reintegrate into their community, I think you could argue voting is a natural extension of that. Well, Guy Marzarati, and I agree with Sam, it's a cool name, reporter and producer with KQED's California Politics and Government Desk. Thanks so much for educating us on Prop 17, and thanks to our listeners for their questions and comments. I'm Mina Kim. Thanks, Judy, for producing this. This is Forum. Funds for the production of Forum are provided by the members of KQED Public Radio and the Germanicos Foundation and the Generosity Foundation.